Hello, Frederick. Good morning, Vincent. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah. And you? I'm great. Welcome to a new episode of the Better Teams podcast. Vincent here. I am product manager at Antivals, a consultancy company helping you building better teams through training sessions, workshops, coaching, and interim management. You can find everything we do on our website, antivals.com. This week, I would like you to meet Frédéric Billet. She's early career talent manager at ING Belgium, and I'm thrilled she accepted to talk to us. As you will see, Frédéric is very enthusiastic and inspiring. We talked for about an hour, and this episode will be in two parts. You're listening to part one. In this first part, we discussed about Frédéric's mission and why she loves her job. We also talked about what makes her work ethics so special, what's her secret sauce. We talked about what is important for her in talent development. We discussed the importance of learning by experiencing and being audacious. This podcast is about building better teams. So we also talked about her team, how much it's important for her and what makes her team great and performant. Thank you for listening to the Better Teams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Let's join Frédéric now. Thank you for being here with me today, with us today. Thank you for accepting my invitation to this conversation. My pleasure. Um, we have a lot to discuss today and uh, I propose we jump into it. Uh, mm -hmm. My first question I wanted to ask you is, so nowadays you are um, working at ING Belgium and uh, I wanted to know how you would describe your current mission at ING. And I would add this question, especially these days, Uh, with the COVID-19 situation, what makes you love getting out of bed every morning? So I'm an early career talent manager and I'm in charge of a young graduate program of ING. Uh, and it's a program that exists for quite some time, but it was, uh, you know, it, it was revisited a few times and now it has been quite stable for some years. Um, it is quite attractive as well for the young uh, profession, young people. And we hire uh, young people uh, who have either no experience at all or a maximum of two years of experience. And the goal of this program is to hire Uh, people who have a potential to become future leaders of the bank, uh, of ING. And what makes me get out of bed and, and love my job, it's uh, because I love and I think that's part of, of, uh, of my purpose. And maybe we're going to touch base on that uh, a little bit, uh, you know, later on. Yeah. But what I really love is to help Uh, those anyone uh, to grow um, to uh, you know find out your talent and also basically achieve your dreams that's about the program uh, that's about the ITP huh? we call it the international talent program um, and yeah I would say in, in a nutshell that's what that's what I love I love to give them all the support and the tools so that they can grow quickly uh, they can develop themselves at a fast pace so that they can take responsibilities quicker uh, than a same profile, but would not have joined uh, the program. So like I said, it's a career boost and uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds very good. Yeah. I was wondering what could friends, colleagues or all talents in your programs, maybe what could they say about your work ethics and 
to put it in an, another words, your uh, kind of a secret sauce, what what you bring in the workplace mm. when when it when there was a workplace yeah. uh, that would make <laughs> you that would make you happy because it's true. Yeah, the I think daring would be a, would be a, a word that defines me quite well. Um, and what I mean by that is that I'm I'm like any other human being. Change is sometimes not easy, uh, and we all have resistance to change. But uh, I think I'm quite good, though, in embracing change. And even if I can have this moment of resistance and I can, you know, physically feel it and sense it, I can, uh, you know, quickly find the good and the positive into change. Uh, so I'm someone who likes actually to change. I like to try new things. I like to challenge things uh, and to dare uh, to change things. So I think that's what the people would, would say about me, that I would encourage also, for example, my uh, population of young talents to, to experience new things, to try new things, to challenge. And what I'm also, uh, <laughs> what sometimes my colleague, uh, also because I got feedback they say about me, is that uh, I'm, uh, I love to simplify stuff. And maybe we're going to talk about my career and what I did in the past, but I was a bit raised in this simplification mindset, which means that when I see something that is too complicated and someone telling me that's how we did it, we always did it this way. And you know, you don't get a, yeah, but why? And why don't you do it differently? Um, because it's a bit complicated. It could be simpler. Then that's what I would, I would be good in challenging as well. Yeah, yeah. So those think, two things. I think it's very true. I mean, personally, that's what I felt when we when we got in touch like a few weeks ago already to for f first phone call. I was I was very um, pleasantly surprised just how simple it was, how open you were. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I think it took us five minutes to just talk about our mutual birthdays uh, during the during the <laughs> yes. lockdown. And uh, after ten minutes, I was like. Okay, we knew each other before. Are we friends? Like already, so it was very simple, very very nice. And I think so. Making it, making it simple is very true. Um, being open also to people, being very generous and uh, mm. and daring to say yes, to say yeah, just yeah, yeah let's exactly. Do it. Let's see exactly. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Um, and I think in a talent development program, it makes perfect sense. Uh, and yeah. indeed, we are going to talk about how to dare, how to find some purpose because it's so, it's also something that was very uh, important in your uh, evolution in your career path. And I think yeah. I really think by what you went through, what you learn, you can inspire and mm. other people and give them some keys maybe even though every everybody's path is different but the way yeah. you approach it mm -hmm. is very rich and interesting so we are going to come to that okay. uh, in just a minute before we jump into these questions i was also thinking since you are in talent development uh, what do you consider to be important especially at this early stage you are working mm. at yeah and, and maybe it's gonna sound like a bit of a repetition uh with what we just discussed but um I would also say, um, say yes. Say yes to opportunities when they arise. Don't overthink. Don't, because that's, that's also what I see. Huh? If you, that's what I observe, um, that I see a lot of those young talents 
who um, are sometimes overthinking, you know, they have a, in the program, they have a, what we call a period where they rotate. So they go to different teams, they see different environments and, uh, you know, type of jobs. And after 18 months, they have to decide. And it's a bit of a freak out moment for them because that means that they have to settle and they feel that they need to land somewhere and they're going to be stuck. And, uh, and make no, a choice I, maybe, you know? Yeah, this, make this a choice. Making a choice as if it was yeah. your last decision, final exactly. decision. Yeah. They, they find it a bit scary. And um, I mean, my personal uh, experience is that you, you land somewhere and you change after some time and then you change again and again. And it's quite easy. It's more and more easy in this world and in the organizations and the organizations even encourage that. Um, so for me, the number one is whatever comes to you, say yes and go for it because you're going to learn, you're going to grow. You learn because you experience. So I only believe in learning by experience. Of course, you can read and you can watch a lot of videos, but the best learning experience is by doing it, experiencing it and exploring. So I would say also surf on the edge. And what I mean by that is um, trying to get out of your comfort zone and go sometime for the thing that scare you a bit, but not too much. So that's what I mean by surf on the edge. Try to find the good balance, the good level of, oh my God, I, you know, I'm a bit scared, but at the same time, I think I can do it. Because again, this is what's going to help you to gain in terms of, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem. So it's going to be very positive for you. It will have also an effect on, on your surrounding and it will inspire the others. The other thing that I would say um, is work hard. And what I mean by work hard, I'm not saying you have to work until late midnight. No, no, no. What I mean by that, if you want to grow, if you want to develop yourself, don't go for a nine to five job because then, you know, it, it, it's going to restrict you. It's going to limit you. Uh, and what I mean by work hard also, and maybe it's, you know, a link to what we just discussed is even if you're in a job and you have the possibility to take a project outside of your scope, go for it because it's going to increase your visibility, it's going to increase your knowledge, it's going to broaden your network and it's going to bring you more energy overall. So yeah, it's work hard in the sense of take stuff. If they come, of course, you know, at some point you might say, well, but now this is too much. So you always have to assess your own limits and capacity. But when you're young, at the beginning of your career is the moment to do it. Is the moment. Yeah. Uh, so when you say work hard, I understand find a job you really, you really want to get involved in. Uh, yeah. and, um, and so it's not about counting your hours, but it's just about exactly. being dedicated and trying and giving your best. If you are not ready yes. to just give your best, uh, maybe it's not the best position for you or situation exactly. for you. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Have you, have you ever felt... You said that many young people, and I know I felt that way uh, too when I was when I was younger. Uh, yeah. When you have to decide and make a choice, it sounds like the end of the world, the end of the adventure, yeah. or you are trapped in a box at some point, yeah. and, and so you have to really think and think and think before you really get involved, uh, because afterwards it will be too late and you will uh, yeah. be trapped. And yeah. you said you never thought that way because for you life is uh, more about yeah, I try, experiment, yeah. and so I really it, never felt that way. Okay. Yes. 
I, I seriously, yeah. uh, and it's maybe, uh, I don't know what it is, if it's a personality, if it's a generation also, because yeah, maybe it's also linked to the generation. I don't know. That's what we, we feel sometimes is that maybe, you know, anxiety, maybe because it's also the society who is more, you know, who gives you more anxiety and maybe also the... Um, how you position yourself and the image or the, the how do you say, um, the impression of the others about you, how much is important because you're more and more exposed. And we had less that in my generation. Uh, we were not that exposed. So we cared a bit less about maybe what people think and, and maybe the um, economical environment was not that difficult because I think now it's also very difficult for the young people. At least, you know, I cannot recall that I had that. I, I cannot. Um, okay. and, but it's maybe me also. And, and maybe we will talk about it. But I always, you know, navigate, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you say it in English, but I never really planned stuff. Yeah. I never had a real, real career plan. You managed to deal with uncertainty or you didn't yeah. feel that way. These yeah. uncertain times, it was not too heavy. Yeah. No, indeed. Okay. I was maybe lucky. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You are listening to the Better Teams podcast. Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. Did you know that my co-host Max is very active on YouTube? He produces weekly videos to share practical content for first-time leaders directly from his extensive experience. If you'd like to discuss management and leadership topics, you should definitely check it out. Go to Max Castera on YouTube after this episode, of course. But for now, let's go back to our conversation. I wanted to ask you about your team because this podcast is about building, leading mm. the best teams possible where people feel great, energized, like you said, because I think energy, keeping your level of energy as high as possible, feeling, be feeling great and getting energy from your job is important. Uh, so can you talk about your team uh, yeah. and how, it's, uh, how many people there is and, and uh, how you lead them, how you work with them? Yeah, yeah I, I would say I have teams uh, with an S uh, because I have a team in Belgium, but I also work for ING Group in the Netherlands. So I have a team in the Netherlands because this program, huh, it's, it's not a Belgian program. It's a, it's a, a group uh, program. So it's been desi designed by ING Group and the same program exists in every country. So we, we recruit those young talents all around the world. So I have a team in the Netherlands and I see a bit my young talents as a team as well. Huh? We co-create stuff. It's not like, I mean, to a certain extent, because we also need at some point to say, okay, We do hear you, but we think this is what is good for you. So we co-create kind of. So I have teams. Um, I always uh, was, it was always very clear for me how much your team is important uh, for your own satisfaction, for your own well-being at work. We have a, a great Uh, level of trust, very, very key. Huh? The trust is really for us the foundation. We give each other a lot of feedback, so there is very open communication. With my team in the Netherlands, we work already for some time remotely. Uh, so the remotely type of functioning, uh, I know that quite well. It's even more now, of course. And we also had to work remotely in Belgium some time. Working from home is allowed. And maybe to give you an example, uh, I think it was last year, I was 
creating, um, so worldwide I'm responsible for the HR, uh, the population of HR young talents. And I had to create, to design a learning program for those HR trainees, uh, young talents. And uh, when I shared the program with them, I, they immediately said, no, we don't like it. <laughs> Uh, so it was a big, okay. big, uh, well, it was a big, um, um, how do you say that? A big challenge at that time yeah. to uh, hear that and to see, okay, what do I do? Do I, yeah. you know, stay, okay, let's move on and continue and not listen. And that's not who I am. No. Um, how did you so, feel? You worked so hard awful. on this program. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they said very no. Awful. Yes, exactly. So for me, it was a, a big, uh, a big kick, uh, yeah. and um, and I really had to, you know, um, be quite resilient uh, in listening and also, okay, what do we do now with this? So I had the support of my team in the Netherlands because it was them also that I was creating this program and they were super helpful, super supportive, you know, psychologically also trusting me that I could turn this around and overcome this. So I think, you know, we have in ING three orange codes and one of them is help others to be successful, take it on, make it happen is another one. It was obvious that all the people around me were leaving those orange codes and, you know, it was not just words it was actually uh there did you take it personally when they said like no we are not in i mean when i say personally i'm also mean like professionally like you know, because you are completely a real professional so you know what yes. you do huh? so you deliver yeah. a program and they said no because yes. i think when we discussed on the phone the first time maybe the second time i don't know but i'm i'm sure we talked about the imposter syndrome okay yes. you, you, when you when you think you're not fit for the job and even though you've worked decades and you are great at what you do yeah. uh, okay that's still a failure so how do you manage uh, how do you handle handle that failure and um, and what yeah. they project on you yeah um i see it as a as a learning experience and a way to grow and of course the first reaction is oh my god and like you you said it on the imposter syndrome and i'm not good uh what you know i i missed it completely and um i'm going to I disappear maybe... into in a cave far away exactly exactly oh my god this is exactly the feeling uh so you just want to run away and you just want to hide and yeah and you just want to ignore <laughs> Um, but that's the first one and hopefully with me it, it doesn't last too long you know it's maybe a few hours where it's difficult huh? I'm not gonna lie it's maybe a couple of hours three hours where I'm really hit and then I say no okay what can I learn what can I do it's a good experience what should I do and and I, I start you know basically making a plan And of course, talking to people as well, because by myself, I know yeah. it's not going to be, I, I could do the same again. I could repeat the same mistake. So mm. I think the best way is to involve people. And that's a big learning also for me. Um, I would say in 90% of the cases where I tried to do something on my own, not involving people didn't work. It was not that great. I mean, you have all those stakeholders around you. You need to go to them. You need to check with them if this is what they need, if this is good for them. And at the end, you're not going to make everyone happy. It's okay. But at least 
you know that it's uh, it should satisfy 60-70% and this is good enough. But by just on your own, yeah. no. No, that's, I think that's a major lesson, especially uh, especially these days where we, when you have a complex situation, uh, yeah. complex meaning rich and diverse, it's uh, often crazy to imagine that just one person is going to develop something or create something that will satisfy everybody. But uh, yes. we will talk about leadership in just one in one moment that I think it's, yeah. we are already talking about leadership in a way, because when you talk about leaders supposed to be the great hero deciding on, on his or her own and saving the day um, all by himself or herself, I think that's, um, that's one of our modern, modern lies in a way. Yeah, exactly. How did your team help you that uh, when you, you're, you're against that, uh, you're feeling the, the heat, uh, the mm. getting hurt. Um, yeah. Does having a team help uh, at that yes. time? <gasps> Enormously. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have been in this cave for days if I didn't have the team. Uh, yes, they really, really helped. Uh, like I said, um, they helped in saying, yeah, okay. You know, first of all, they helped me to look back, to step back a bit and say, okay, you got some feedback. Let's listen to the feedback. And to also say, maybe some of their feedback is good, but maybe not all of them. So also to put things in perspective and to say, maybe some of the feedback was not very fair. So that's good because I was just like taking everything personally and just being very negative with myself, like, you know, and, um, and I was, it, I had difficulties to really look at what was happening, the real, you know, situation. So they helped me doing that, step back and relax, uh, being more, a bit more rational uh, and less emotional. And then they really, like I said, trust, you know, told me how much they trusted me to overcome this and also offering help. What can we do? How can we help you? So also brainstorming with them and things like that. That's interesting what you said, because when you feel hurt like that and it's not, you're not rational, but emotional, all just emotions, I think you tend to, and you feel like you failed, you tend to think that everything you think, everything you've done is wrong. Yes. Uh, and it's not necessarily true. So it's good to have a team and other people around with a fresh mind to remind yes. you that, no, just keep it cool and, yeah. uh, and let's assess everything. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go back into your past a bit now. Uh, okay. In the time machine. So now you are a manager. Uh, your program is your program is about training future leaders, uh, and I think to better understand some um, of your unique point of views about management, uh, because I really think you have a really interesting uh, point of view, really interesting views on management. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to step back a bit uh, and eight to ten years back, if I'm right, uh, you worked at for uh, General Electric. Yeah. And um, can you tell us more about that time in your life yeah. uh, and what you, what you got out of it? Because I think it's mm. quite a rich experience. We talked about it before and I would yes. like you to share it a bit. Yeah, exactly. So it's more than eight or 10 years, <laughs> but thank you. It was, it was, I think, it, yeah, it's more than that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yes, I started in, uh, in GE. Uh, so basically I, I ended up, uh, university. I was in a um, business school in France and um, I joined GE as a, as actually a young talent. So they had their program. It's a, it was a finance program. Um, and I also was the same, uh, rotating, da, da, da. And I learned so much. Uh, I mean, I think I was 
stretched a lot uh, because those programs, they're super demanding and General Electric is a very demanding organization. They have high expectations for their employees, but they also recognize their employees so much and so well. I mean, I don't know now, but at that time. So the return on investment is huge. I mean, if you give, you get back so much. Like to give you an example, I think there I change job every two, three years max. So they do invest a lot in you. They give you a lot of trainings. They give you mentoring, coaching. Um, it was such a steep learning curve. Um, and there also I was very quickly able to get responsibilities um, I had fantastic jobs where I had to manage people around the world. I could travel. And, you know, General Electric was well known for its enormous corporate culture. So a big, big culture of leadership, uh, entrepreneurship. So I did learn a lot. I did have fantastic colleagues, again, all around the world. Uh, so it was a huge learning experience. It was not easy. Uh, because, like I said, very demanding, high expectations, very masculine environment, uh, very uh, result-driven, so go, go, go. But what I really liked about that, uh, about one of the, the culture is that when there is a crisis, when something is not going right, everyone steps in. Everyone get, gets in the dirt. It's like everyone has to pull, uh, I don't remember how you say it in English, but you know, pull, pull your sleeves. Like when you yeah. really have to go yeah. and, and, you know, do things, you know, I, I, I used to know how to say that, but I lost it. I think it's clear. Huh? You just, uh, you just get, you just get things done. You just uh, get things, get things yeah. done. And yeah. from the CEO to the, someone in the call center, it doesn't matter. Okay. Everyone is everybody involved. goes. Yeah, yeah, everybody goes and does tasks like you would never imagine that a CEO would do. Uh, but that's what I really loved. Uh, and also there was no, you know, you could access the CEO so easily, you know, his door would always be open. You could talk to the person. Um, but okay, so that's a lot of the things that I loved. But there I realized because I spent there 13 years. And when I looked back, um, I realized how much as a woman, I became a bit of a masculine type of leader. Uh, and it was because you adopt also the culture and the culture was like that. It was very, you know, action driven, result driven, performance, uh, so that, numbers. That, that you would say is more uh, the definition of a masculine leadership, being result driven, yeah. being about performance and... Uh... Well, don't get me wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I say action driven, result driven. Um, yes, it, it's more of a masculine and money driven also, huh? numbers. Um, yes, for me, it's more of a masculine type of, and I have nothing against masculine and we may be going to talk about it, but it was very, very focused on that. And it was very focused on, you know, the status, um, how many people work for me, um, yeah. you know, climbing the ladder, but mm -hmm. not necessarily listening to people or not being so good yeah. in listening to people, not being so good in including people around you. Um, 
yeah that's that's what i realized that i okay. become became a bit um can i say cold i don't know it, it felt it's, like that yeah. yeah well but although you say you said uh, you said just before that the uh, the ceo has had this this open culture you could come and you could you could talk and you would listen so is is it um yeah is it but just I, this year? yeah yeah but um sometime it was a bit like it was very accessible but when the ceo said something everybody follows yeah. you know kind of mm. you know a bit military it's a very type vertical of, vertical yes, um, yeah. organization it was still very felt it felt very much like that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's get this clear, right? Because you said I have nothing, nothing against masculine uh, men, uh, and I'm afraid we don't come back to that. We don't, or, we don't want to hurt anybody here. So yeah, I, no, exactly. And you, we can we can go back to that right away if you want to yeah. if you want to develop that. Good idea. I think it's very important to say that to me, huh, the if if I can think of an ideal human being, it's a mix of feminine and masculine. We all have some feminine and some masculine. But sometimes we suppress one of the two. You know, I think women need to also be a bit masculine because I think it's the masculine that, you know, the, the feminine is maybe good in, in tweeting things and feeling things, but you need the masculine to put things in actions. Otherwise, you're still going to be like, you know, maybe thinking. And again, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a caricature and I do it on purpose so that it's um, easily understandable. So... Um, what I'm trying to say is finding the balance between masculine and feminine is very important. And what I observed at that time and what I can still sometimes observe is that it's difficult to let the feminine speak in our or some of our organization and society. Thank you for listening to the first part of this conversation with Frédéric. The second part will be available next week on Tuesday. You know, at the beginning, I said, when you're young, take any experience, go for it. You know, surf on the age, uh, challenge yourself, stretch yourself. But at some point, find out where your talents are and focus on your talents. Let them shine as much as possible. And don't bother too much about closing the gaps and being good in everything, because that's not possible. And that's where purpose comes into place. As you could hear, we'll keep on talking about leadership and what feminine leadership can mean and the risk for women to copy men leaders. We'll discuss the importance of diversity in a team. We'll also talk about why so few women apply for the ING program, what can be done to attract and retain more women and reach gender equality. So if you are a young woman or a student, you will get a lot of tips and tricks on what to do to apply and hopefully be selected in the program. Last but not least, we'll discuss how Frederick found her purpose and what you can do yourself to find the best spot, the best activity or the best environment for you. Thank you for listening to this episode. See you next week.